25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, this is different, right? Like, this is also, first of all, it's been so long since I've seen you. So long. I know. Hello. It's been, what, an hour and 14, hour and 45 minutes? <laughs> Roughly since we watched the Blue Jackets win tonight? Yep. Sounds about right. Cool. Cool. Well, hey, you're looking good. Time hasn't done anything to you. <laughs> Thank you. Anytime, anytime. But it's weird, right? Like we're talking and I mentioned this after the game. It's like, you know, a couple of weeks ago or a couple episodes ago, you know, we we rattle off a few wins. We lost a pretty ugly game and the podcast energy was just down. It felt like kind of like doom and gloom. Now we're coming here. Um, we're not talking about the Nashville game because I already talked about the Nashville game, but technology is not fun sometimes. And so that never got posted. So we love technology. We love that. Steven was there. Steven was on that episode. So maybe we'll maybe we'll piece together some of Steven's parts if I can figure that out. But anyway, I'm not a fan of technology. But yeah, the Blue Jackets have lost four games in a row coming into tonight's game. And so like this episode had potential to have a really doom and gloom feel, but they win tonight, six to four, which we'll talk about. And I feel like we're coming to the podcast with a different energy, which is probably unfair. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're gonna take Nashville out of the equation then I don't think that it is necessarily unfair because, and granted, you didn't you didn't really get to see much of the Dallas or the Washington game because you were out of town for work. But um, I would say that take out Nashville, and even though yes, we lost in Dallas and in Washington. In both of those games, there were things that were done and were accomplished that were notable improvements after the embarrassing showing in Nashville. Well, it'd have to be right. <laughs> like you would like really hope, right? Like, right. So, so I don't think, and I think going going back to that perspective that we've talked about before, which is like what we need to remember in this season especially um and and maybe even in next season but is trying to find those moments in each game regardless of win or lose that are like learning opportunities that are things that did work well it's just that it didn't end up you know on our side at the end of it like so I think so I don't necessarily think that a fully positive attitude or like upbeat attitude is wrong but I mean trust me I I'm not the least bit excited or happy about the fact that we left 8 points on the table over a four game road trip but sure the second half of it and this game here at home tonight was definitely on the upswing yeah, I, I think, of course, like you said, right, like, this team's going to lose games, but if you can at least see market improvement, I think, from game to game and address things that you, you weren't a fan of in previous games, I think that's a win, right? Like, this is a team right now that 
is working to just establish who they are. And I think we get a little bit of that every now and again, like who they want to be and what they want to be. But ultimately, right, like a very young team that needs to grow, that needs to develop. And and they're getting a chance here, right? Like, I mean, like we all kind of circled these games in this stretch of being like, okay, like this is the time where, where they're going to have to like nut up or shut up, right? Like if they don't find a way here, then then maybe like the focus of the season shifts, right? And, and I think... I think that's probably where, like, a lot of people found themselves after having lost four in a row. We kind of forgot what that was like, right? I mean, like, this team went such a long stretch into the season without even losing, you know, two games in a row, let alone three, four. And so, obviously, this that stung. It's a period of time that, like, not fun. Even when you're rebuilding, even when you're trying to, like, reestablish who you are, right? Like, you want to at least win every now and again, and we were not doing that for a second. And there were moments during that four-game stretch where we weren't doing it in a big way. <laughs> so I'm definitely happy about it. But there's also, like, some excitement, I think, happens in this in this road trip, too, right? Like, I think there's some things to be happy about and excited about if you're a Blue Jackets fan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, just to start off, obviously, we have a very embarrassing showing in Nashville um, last Tuesday night. Losing six nothing, um, it was just a torturous game. We'll leave it at that. It was bad news all the way around. Um, but what was interesting is we immediately head to uh, Dallas and basically around right around like eight a.m. on Thursday morning. Um, was it Thursday that we played in Dallas? Uh, yeah. 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 So right around like 8 a.m. So like pretty early on in the day, uh, everyone knew that shit was about to get weird and wild for this Dallas game because both of our starting goaltenders were suddenly sick to a point that we weren't sure either one of them would be able to make um even a backup appearance um we're certain we're, we're still not 100 percent sure what the illness was corpy is actually still out they put him on ir um backed it to to wednesday of of last week um elvis was able to rally himself enough to be the backup goalie but we ended up needing to fly in daniel tarasov to make his nhl debut from cleveland he literally showed up in Dallas at like 3.30 in the afternoon um, to make his <laughs> NHL debut as a 22-year-old goaltender um, who's only been playing in the States for not even a whole year. Isn't that almost the way you would want to do it, though? Like, you personally? like Because I think about me, and like I think about how like I would spend so much time fixating and working myself up on the fact that I was about to make my first ever NHL start. So to wake up on a Thursday morning, probably to a phone call that's like, get your ass to the airport, but in Russian, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it would just like take some of the nerves away to some extent. Cause it's like, ah, this is just nuts. Like, this is just crazy. And then before you know it, 12 hours later, um, less than 12 hours later, really, you finish playing your first NHL game and you know, it's just, that's almost the way I'd prefer to do it. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think in his um his like post game pregame 
uh, situations, he's expressed similar thoughts about it. And his only thing is he wished he would have had more time to notify his parents mm. over in Russia for his first game because they were not able to see it live. Right. Um, so that was kind of like the other bummer. Um, but other than that, he, I mean, he's the real, he's the real hero of these last two losses of this road trip because, um, what we asked him to do was not a small feat, which was to stand in against two teams that are, um, doing really well right now. I mean, Dallas has, um, had a resurgence. They have, um, started doing really, really well. Tyler Sagan, what, I'm sorry? They just keep winning. Yes, they just keep winning. Tyler Sagan is all about making up for the fact that he was out for all of last season. Um, So he was hot on our trail. Granted, he is on my fantasy team, so, like, I'm okay with. (laughs) Did you start him? him? Yes, I did. Hell yeah, you did. (laughs) Um. But so yeah, so we go into we go into this Dallas game with already this big hurdle of our goaltenders being out. We actually had um are they called e-bugs? Yeah, the e-bug. It's been the year of the e-bug. Yes, we had e-bug which is like an emergency goaltender. Yep, emergency backup goaltender. Who just lives in the area of the arena um you know is usually in like a beer league or has some sort of association that like in these sort of crazy times, you know, it's, and it's, it's happened a couple notable times, but like in, in these sort of crazy times when things like this happen, they get a phone call. That's like, Hey, um, we're going to need you to play, or we're going to need you in our case to come and run practice Mm -hmm. because we don't have a goaltender right now. So, we had this really great guy. His name is escaping me, so maybe you can look it up while I'm chit-chatting about him because he was really just a cool dude. Um, came in uh, to do warm-ups and practice and stuff for the Blue Jackets on Thursday. He like um, used to play in the minors. He actually played or actually practiced in summers with Brad Larson. Um knows like has some weird connections to the blue jackets you know is friends with curtis McElhaney, like you know all these sort of different has actually been following the blue jackets this season because of elvis and obviously you know us being so much in the media over the summer with the loss of kiv lennox so he was like really familiar with the blue jackets and like asked when asked, like, you know, have you noticed anyone like made a lot of really great comments about Boone? And um, it was just such an interesting, and trust me, the boys put him to work. He was like exhausted by the end of that, like, Thursday morning practice. Yeah, his name was Casey Sherwood, and <clears throat> he owns a construction company in Dallas and is friends with Blue Jackets team relations. Uh, guy aaron johnson um got a call this morning and then he dropped workers off at a work site before heading to the rink for morning skate 36 years old was thrilled to be taking the ice um johnny called and asked if i wanted to get hit in the head and boost their confidence for an hour (laughs) um and then he said he was also supposed to play in a beer league game thursday evening but that's not happening quote i might need an iv he said (laughs) 
so yeah, so it was in those circumstances. He would not have been the person like if Elvis hadn't been well enough to sit back off back up to Tarasov, he would not have been the person that sat back up for us. There was actually another guy that um is a little does it a little bit more regularly for the stars. Um uh he would have been the backup uh to Tarasov if necessary, but Thankfully, Elvis uh, got himself well enough to be able to just hang out in the in the hallway or the um, yeah the hallway um, while uh, Tarasov made his debut. Which you know, like I said, we needed a sl- you know it was a slow bounce back, but we did start to bounce back um, against um, from Nashville in this Dallas game. We actually like. Held pretty strong. Ended the first period one-one. Um, ended the second period, um, which would end up being the final score, which was three-two. But made it the entire third period without allowing them to get another goal. And based off losing six-nothing in our previous game, like losing three-two with a brand new goaltender, like and all of this stuff happening, like. It, I'll take it. <laughs> like, sure. honestly, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. I totally agree with you. And I think the the nice thing is, too, right? Like, I think Tarasov played well. Like, I think, you know, ultimately, that's all you can ask for from him in that situation is just to, like, give you a chance, right? Like, just, like, keep people competitive. But he even did more than that, really. Like, uh, just from what I've seen, what I've read, and what I what I'm looking at here, right? And so, you know, that's you can't ask for more. Obviously, you hope that you can generate some more offense and hopefully give the kid a win in his first NHL start. Unfortunately, you can't, and and that's going to happen. But nevertheless, he saved um, about two thirds of a goal above replacement. So, I mean, kudos to him. Uh, the Jackets, I mean, you know. Again, kind of like just again looking at the analytics, they like kind of died in the second period, right? Like they score early, but but then it's just like the the ability to generate like high quality scoring chances just didn't happen. Uh, and Dallas, like you said, was able to, to add on two goals toward the end of the period and and win the game three two. So yeah, there's not really a ton else much more to say about that game. I don't think uh, unless you've got something on your radar. But then the boys. Flew to the nation's capital where they would take on Alexander Ovechkin. That's actually all they took on. I don't know what it is about Alexander Ovechkin needing to score milestone goals against the Blue Jackets. Obviously, most notably, his first ever NHL goal, also his second ever NHL goal, was scored against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, The goal that made him solely in possession of fourth place in scoring all time, scored against the Blue Jackets this season, and what do you know, his 750th goal of his NHL career scored on Saturday against the Blue Jackets. All I'm asking, right, is can he calm down? <laughs> and can I also ask what we did to hurt him personally? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of those things, and, like, we talked about it a little bit, where it's just, like, you have these moments where you're playing against someone like Alexander Ovechkin who is going to go down as the greatest, if not one, one of the greatest hockey players to ever live. And, you know, you know, very much so that like 
There are very few teams. There's, I mean, he's literally scored. I don't think he's double digits on every single team in the league, but like he has scored against every single team in the league, uh, including Seattle. I mean, um, if he was if he was double digit against Seattle, that would have been quite well, that the game. Just crazy. But like, there are other teams where he's not fully double digits on. But you know, he's just unstoppable, and he's you know already that was not only his 750th goal, but it was his 20th goal of the season already. So, and that is his I think 17th straight season 20 plus goal. That can't be right. No, maybe it is right. Yeah, 17th season. Um, but so, yeah, and it's it's just one of those things. And unfortunately, like Jeremy said, we do tend to be one of the teams that he hits those milestone markers on. And, you know, again, in talking about this slow sort of comeback from from the middle of this this road trip, this is another, like, really good example of making these small improvements that make, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about why I'm a little pissed that it was a three, one loss instead of a two, one loss. Um, but you know, we allow only one goal in the first period. Um, and then again, we only allow one goal in the second period. Um, and uh, Alexander Ovechkin, like, trust me, that wasn't the only time he tried to score on us. Like, Tarasov held his own against not only his fellow countrymen, but like I said, currently the best hockey player in the entire NHL. Like, you know, this is a 22-year-old goalie standing on his head, only allowing this caliber of a team to get two goals by the end of the first 40 minutes. Like, that is just remarkable. Um... Would I have liked if we could have, you know, offensively done a little bit in those two periods? Sure. But, you know, we're taking the positives where we can get them. So we did end up with a little bit of positive. Then it looked like, you know, maybe there would be a chance that we could, like, tie it up. Because we came back out in the third period with, like, some really good energy. We were like, you know what? let's figure this out Um, because we did. Cause the other thing is, and we'll talk about this a little bit later is that the blue jackets have started this very lovely thing where they score a goal and then immediately find out it's offsides and get it taken away. Cause we did technically get a goal in the second period, but it was quickly removed um, and this is now the fourth time. I can't remember what Jeff Saboda said tonight in his tweet. Either the fourth or fifth time. I think it's fourth. Fourth time. Yeah, that sounds six right. Games. What? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, fourth time in six games that the Blue Jackets have had a goal removed for it being um, offsides. And so, which I'm sure is a record somewhere because it's just, it's, truly ridiculous two of those four times happened to occur with our sweet baby angel igor chinikov um which was the example um in washington as well so they did come back out in the third period with sort of a renewed energy of like hey 
we can do this. We just have to be smart about it. And Eric Robinson gets a goal. You know, we kind of feel like we're at least maybe going to be able to potentially tie it up. And then in what is just one of the more egregious situations that I've seen, um, Jakob Voracek takes an elbow to the chest and the face um, from Hathaway towards the end of the period, which should have resulted in a penalty, um, but instead resulted in nothing, even though it happened literally right in front of the face of the referee. Um, But then basically like 30 some odd seconds later resulted in a halfway goal. Um, which put the Caps up 3-1 um, and ending the game. So in hindsight, had the referees, I don't know, done their job and made the correct call, Hathaway would have been in the penalty box. And we could have, you know, I'm not saying we could have tied up the game, but at least we could have lost 2-1 and felt a little bit better about it. But I'm not a referee, so... Here we are. I mean, hey, you know the best way to to get away with that? How? I was always told whenever I played sports, it's not a penalty unless they call it. So (laughs) here we are. Look at us. Yeah. What is it people always say on Twitter, rule 614 or whatever? Yes. Oh, goodness. That one is yeah. a, a that one is a pretty good example of the six one four rule. Some of the other things that people say are like the six one four rule. It's like no, you just don't necessarily understand how hockey works. So like, <laughs> there are certain things that are actually calls against us, which is fine. Um, it's just when the more egregious ones happen, where you're like, come on. Well, and going back like a few points ago, like to the to the four goals disallowed over the course of six games for offsides, it's like none of them were were really close. Like none of them were like really like when you watch them, it's like pretty instantaneous. You're like, yeah, that was offsides. Like, yeah, that was offsides. And I'm just like, listen, like I can understand and respect like the idea of like wanting to let people play. And then if it is offsides, great, we'll fix it later. But if it's not, okay, great, like it's a goal. But at the same time, like, how none of those four goals weren't, like, how the plays weren't stopped immediately, just, like, called in real time, blows my mind. And also, like, it definitely does something, right, like, for, like, momentum and for excitement. Because especially, you know, this team isn't having a problem scoring this year, right? But, like, take it back to, like, the year before where, like, we couldn't score. We couldn't hit water falling out of a boat last year. And so it's, like... Imagine that happening to that team, right? Where it's like, oh my God, we finally scored a fucking goal. And then it's like, actually, you didn't. Uh, you're still scoreless. And, uh, you know, I, the one game they obviously, like we said, they come back and they like score immediately after. That's the first Igor Chinikov like goal that gets taken away. The second was against Washington. Um, so, yeah, it's just like baffles, baffles me. Yeah, it's just, it's just crazy to be one team. And obviously, I don't follow the stats or situations of every game that's played, but like to be one singular team to have it happen four times out of six games, like that just kind of seems like you're not super paying attention to 
the gameplay of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like you seem like it's just kind of a more egregious error that you just seem to care more about the, what the other team is doing. Like, and refs are supposed to be impartial, so you know it just it begs a question. Like, you know, you got one job. Your job is to make sure that you're calling the correct things on the ice. And that's just, it's too many times in too little games, but who knows? So we'll see. But so, yes, so we, we wander out of the nation's capital, um, losing three, one to the cows, but again, some really, you know, some positive things. We held our own really, really well. Again, this could have been a much bigger loss. Um, just based on Alexander Ovechkin um, and his skill level alone. But so we come away, we immediately get on a plane, immediately get on a plane, fly back to Columbus for a back-to-back game. And not even just a back-to-back, but a back-to-back that starts an hour earlier than normal. Yeah. Out of the nation's capital to the state's capital. (laughs) And just like, hey, quick nap, back to the arena. Um, so yeah, so we came home to Columbus today to play the San Jose Sharks. Um, and we just really, really, really needed a win. And in in true Blue Jacket style, it can't just be like an easy circumstance. <laughs> why would it why would it be right like it, that would be too much fun i obviously like elvis gets to start tonight um which a lot of people this is my take on this and maybe i'm just being dramatic but like i need hey blue jacket splitter hey it's me hi i care about you all so much i care about you and that's why i'm here to tell you that i need you to touch some grass I need you to go outside and I need you to take a breath. I need you to inhale the clean air-ish that the state of Ohio provides for us because you're going to hurt yourself. Like, I, the pure, like, whenever, like, something isn't going the way of Blue Jackets Twitter, whether it be because of a person or a game or a call, you have it, like, immediately like you're on the list bitch like you're on the list and i'm coming for you and elvis mrs kind of got that smoke because everybody was like oh, of course tarasov's playing against washington and elvis is playing against this because elvis can't play away like all this kind of stuff i'm like or or i'm an owner of a, like i want to make money what's gonna make money my goalie playing at home who is my most marketable player my most marketable asset also elvis would probably start all 82 games in a year if he was given the choice. Can we talk about that? But also, I I really don't understand the narrative that Elvis was somehow, like, faking being sick. Like, he was very much so, like, up to the minute, unsure as to whether or not he would be able to back up Tarasov on Thursday. Um... And then, I don't know, also as, like, in the business mindset of things, like, the Blue Jackets have invested a lot of money into Elvis, and you want to protect your investment. So if your investment isn't feeling well, 
you want to give him the most amount of opportunity to get back to 100% in the healthiest way possible, especially when the other goaltender that you've also invested a lot of money in has definitely gotten the worst of whatever it is that they have and is now on injured reserve. So, like, there's a lot of things, but there was just a lot of just, like, super crazy, like, Elvis is a diva, you know, but y'all love Elvis when he's winning at home or making these huge saves. Like, you don't mind to be on the Elvis train, like, when he's doing all that, but... Preach. Goodness gracious, are you quick to turn when the man is under the weather and also quick to turn on a super young goaltender who's making his first two starts in the NHL? Like, my goodness. But I also almost wondered if some of that was coming from a place of people wanting Tarasov to play in Columbus because they wanted to see him. I think that that's also part of where it was coming from, too. Like, so I think it's just like, I just need people to be okay. I just need people to like re-energize, like refocus, like again, touch some grass, download, you know. Open a window. My goodness. It'll get cold quick, but like you might need it. You might need it. But yeah, I mean, the jackets, of course, you know, back at home tonight, like I said, and what started this tirade, Elvis Merzlikens <laughs> starting. And, you know, it, it's a game that you... I mean, of course, the Jackets go up one nothing. Adam Boquist scores his fifth goal of the season. Love it. It was a beautiful slap shot uh, that if, you know, would just knock the water bottle everywhere. But yeah. um, but then, like, you, you even said it, like, in, as we're in the seats, and I, like, almost downplayed it a little bit. I'm like, it's fine. Like, they just, like, there was no energy at the end of the period. Like, there was no, like, urgency. And, like, not urgency even to, like, try to score a goal. It's not even that. But, like, just, like, any desire to play really wasn't coming through. And naturally, of course, right, the Sharks score with, like, three seconds left in the period. And they tie it 1-1. And then you go into intermission with that on brain. And then, of course, you know. Uh, 25 seconds into the second period. Right, right. And it's just like, oh, my God, no. It's happening. Like, oh, my God. Right. Like, does it not feel that way? Because you've given up every amount of momentum that you had going into the period. The Sharks go into intermission knowing full well they just tied the game, knowing full well they have you on your toes. They're going to come out swinging. They come out, they swing, they hit, and 25 seconds into the period, we're down 2-1. But uh, Sean Crowley did not waste any time making sure that that wasn't the case anymore. And he scored 32 seconds later, 53 seconds into the period. And again, we have this moment where it's like, oh, yeah, the second period is going to be a damn mess. Like, why wouldn't it be? Because that's the way it's been most of the season. Not for the same reasons as last year. Just like this year, it's just been just a whirlwind of hockey. And well, yeah, because it just, I mean, we're still like, we're still getting, we've been outshot by the every team we've played in the last five games. So it is very hard to win hockey games when you're not consistently keeping the puck in your opponent's ends and you're not taking shots on goal. Like, yeah, we won tonight. Yeah. We've won other games, but you have to look at the amount, like just the pure luck of the fact that we won those games by being outshot so much. Like 
because it does. We, you know, we're up two two, or not? We're up two two. We're tied two two, and then the sharks go up, make it three two, and we are back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth for almost all the way to the end of the second period before Cole Sillinger gets one into the back of the net, and you know. It took a it took a lot. Like it took a lot of getting everyone to focus together to continue with puck possession and not turning it over in the neutral zone. And just you know, there's lots of sticky bits that we're still not connecting on entirely. And yeah, absolutely, it is fan freaking tastic that we one tonight and it was exactly what the team needed exactly what the fans needed but we did you just did you just say sticky bits it did say sticky bits i hated every moment of that I'm never sorry. again let's strike it strike it from your like the card now <laughs> sticky bits i'm sorry they are their sticky bits no 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 stop it complicated scenarios yeah on the ice perfect is that better infinitely jesus now we were able to get back up there with the sharks we were still outshot 34 to 30 but that's the smallest margin we've seen in a while and like we've said it before we're gonna continue to say it you can't win hockey games if you're not taking shots on goal. So, like, that just has to start being something. But you also can't take shots on goal if you're not in the opponent's end. So, like, there are a couple of different things that need to add up in these complicated scenarios that, thankfully, this evening added up to a point which allowed us to notch a W in the win column. Like, but, it, but it's also one, like, for me, like, I felt like we were going to sure as shit, especially, like, we we score to make the game. Um, this is the goal that gets taken away, right, is the goal that makes it um, six to four, right, like, with three minutes left. And the first time it's six to four. Right, right. And so, like, you're hopeful, right, like, that having this, like, be a six to four lead with – three minutes left, like, you're feeling good about holding on to that, obviously it gets taken away, right? It's 5-4. Then a minute later, uh, you know, Aiden Hill comes out of the net for the Sharks, and it's just, like, you think, oh, my God, like, right, like, this is going to be the moment where they do what's happened to the Blue Jackets often recently, and they, like, let up a goal, like, here in the dying minutes, we go to overtime. And thankfully that's not the case, right? Like, um, weirdly enough, like, Text and Nyquist, who Nyquist is the one who had the, the goal taken away from him. Text like Nyquist doesn't shoot the puck; he like passes it like right over to Text to just. But also like very close to the net. Yeah, yeah, like, it was like it didn't super make sense that he passed it to Tex. No, so I don't know if it was just like a, he felt like Tex needed it more than he did, or something. But it was like a very, very, there wasn't even any Sharks players around. It was a very blatant, like, we're six feet from the net. Here you go. Yeah. Like, a pretty blind squirrel could have made that goal. But, you know. But he finds the net anyway. 
But yeah, but it is one of those circumstances where, you know, we get, like you said, we get another goal taken away and it did feel like, well, crap, this, you know, this could be this moment where they tie it up and we end up going to overtime and like, we need more of a cushion in these situations and we need not even like, it would have been entirely different. I think it would have been entirely different feeling if we had been in this same sort of circumstance, same scoring, same whatever. But if our shots on goal had been like, I don't know, higher than theirs at the same pace as theirs, like we had, you know, kind of the same level of like scoring opportunities. I think that it would have felt entirely different, but because it took us so much coordination and like ultra focus and like pure will and honestly like pure motivation from being at home because I think we've seen which should definitely be a compliment to the fans of this team is that they they want to play well in front of us and so you know that helps too but like knowing that we, in an instant we could have lost this this lead and not have had the skill or the intuitiveness or the you know sense of urgency enough to get it back like that's really nerve-wracking yeah yeah it is i mean and the jackets were out chance like you said in this game the expected goals were 3.17 to 2.79 in favor of the sharks uh, and again, like on the whole, like deserve to win a meter, 70% for the Sharks, 30% for the Jackets. A few of the Jackets' goals were weak, like to be frank, and that's not trying to take anything away from those who scored them, but Sean Corrales' goal, like that was weak. Like it, like there's no reason that that shouldn't have been saved. Um, you know, you hope that it, your goaltender can find a way. I mean, out of all the, out of all the, uh, God, out of all the goals that were scored, um, it looks like the one that was like the most, with the exception, of course, of the empty net goal, it was Roslevic's goal, uh, was the one that was like the best chance of scoring out of the whole game. Uh, but everything else was pretty weak. And, you know, when you can get those goals, you'll take them. But do you know what my favorite stat of the night was? Hmm. Elvis got credited with a hit. Oh, and it was a good one, too. He basically just sat on the guy. <laughs> and it worked. He took that big goalie butt of his and just put it to work. Threw it back. But you know what else kind of gets put to work sometimes? DraftKings? I mean, yeah, like, yeah, right. Like, what gets put to work is my brain trying to figure out how I'm going to incorporate these ad reads. But <laughs> fear not. Fear not, friends. I'm here to tell you about DraftKings, you know presenter of this fine you know piece of hockey lore if you will um so we're going to talk to you about football because football fans <laughs> i'm sure we love we all love an action-packed high-scoring nfl game but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl you'll be a winner once a single point is scored New customers who bet just $1 on any team can win $100 in free bets, and it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes. 
all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and you're going to win $100 in free bets. And if they score, you score with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So I'm pretty sure I'm the one. Am I? Is it me that goes first for our three stars for these three games? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. Look at me remembering and shit. <laughs> I'm a whole new bitch. Anyway, um... So for my, I'll keep it pretty short, like, because I think we've talked about all the three players, I think, that I'm going to mention to some extent. Uh, my third star, I'm going to go ahead and give that to, um, oh, now I'm, like, rethinking it, though. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give my third star to Alexander Texier, who's quietly, very quietly become the, the Jackets' second leading goal scorer this season. He's got eight um, which is baffling, surprising. I mean, like, whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't know. Like, it just, like, feels like it came out of nowhere. He's a player that, quite honestly, like, has had some moments where he has not been overly impressive this season. And to know that he has scored two more goals than Oliver Bjorkstrand is kind of mind-boggling to me, right? Like, so, uh, again, how many of them are, like, tonight, though, on net goals? I think he's got three. I think three. Um, and so obviously like that needs to be taken into consideration, but all in all, right. Like you feel like you're pretty happy with, with where he's at at this point in the season, uh, just generally speaking. And then my two is going to be Adam Boquist. Um, Adam, obviously like he probably gets my second star just based on tonight. Like I thought he was really good, you know, obviously scores two goals, but he's, he's turning into that offensive player that I think the blue jackets are hopeful that he is going to turn into, um, and then my number one star has to be Daniil Tarasov, right? Like you lose both games, right? Like you're not, you're probably like not happy with the way that goes if you're Daniil Tarasov, but ultimately, right? Like you hold your own, you play well, um, you know, as of, you know, right now, as we record this podcast, uh, you've got the best granted it's two games, but like 2.55 goals allowed in those two games, a 926 save percentage. Uh, he looks he looks good, and I think like you can't make any decisions off of two games, right? But like I think if you're the Blue Jackets, you know now, right? Like you have a little bit more of an understanding about what Daniel Tarasov is gonna look like at the professional level, at the NHL level, and if that if all this does at least is make it a little bit easier to do whatever you have to do in that moving forward in terms of personnel, then that those two games were worth it, right? Like to just get that peace of mind and that understanding. And I think, I think you're on your way to getting that again, you cannot make any, any snap judgments off of two games. Right. But, but I think you're well on your way and I look forward to seeing, you know, what else he's got in store. I mean, he's obviously going to have some opportunity with this team moving forward. Uh, I think you're easily looking at an Elvis Tarasov, you know, tandem, not tandem, but like one, two moving forward for the next couple of years. And then I think at that point, right, the Blue Jackets have another choice to make. And 
again, good problems to have. Keep drafting really good goaltenders. Let the market determine what their value is. Get your return for them and figure out which one of them you want to stick around and, and just kind of go on from there. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Texier 3, Boquist 2, and Daniil Tarasov number 1. How about you, friend? Well, shockingly enough, we have the exact same ones. Shocking. I know that it's shocking that I would pick Tex as my third star um, because I am not that I'm not a fan. It's just that like he frustrates me as a human. Um, but you are correct. He has been, you know, silently making a very important impact through a series of very difficult games. And, you know, you can tell that he is trying. You can tell that the other guys on the team want him to succeed and they know what he is capable of. Would I love if he could get just a little bit better about not giving up the puck in the middle of the neutral zone? Absolutely. I would love Because he's very good at that. And I need him to be less good at that. But he does get my third star. Adam Boquist 100% gets my second star. I am just more and more each game just absolutely so impressed with. Now tonight it gets a little bit dicey because yes, he does get two goals, but he also plays a kind of critical part in a goal against us, <laughs> but <laughs> potato, potato, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Jake Bean also played a role in that situation as well. So it happens, but, um, you know, he just really, ever since he's come back from his injury, he is just here to make a statement and he's here. There were, you know, I think I've I mentioned it before. I've, said it to you off the podcast or I've just said it to myself at this point, who knows, but there were a couple of games there where it was just like when, when he came back where it was just like, they seem to have forgotten that he was on the team. So there'd be these moments in time where he would be like, hi, I'm open. Oh yeah. You said that on the show, I think. Okay. Um, and so he's, he's had a little bit of a, like, I need to make my presence known sort of situation. Um, and I think he's definitely, absolutely doing that i mean the boy has had four goals in a week so like that is just really good and especially for a defenseman like defensemen aren't necessarily known like unless you're a dougie hamilton or usually a zach Gorensky or a seth jones like defense defensemen aren't always known for their scoring capabilities and so he is really proving to be the kind of offensive defenseman that the Blue Jackets know and love. It's our favorite brand. Um, and so I just am really enjoying him. Plus, he's just he's just adorable. And I think he really likes being a Blue Jacket. So mm-hmm. that's a positive. And then, really you know, last- what? I was going to say, I'm really interested to see what kind of a deal he gets this summer. Yeah, me too. I I hope that we hang on to him. Um, oh, we will. I just 
I think we will. I just like, oh my god, I can't like even imagine like what the number is gonna be. Well, because he's only twenty two, so like he is very, very young. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm just I'm just excited to see how far he can go um, this season and and so forth. But and then of course, how do you not give the number one to Daniil Tarasov for just doing? his best in his first two games in the NHL ever. I mean, 22 years old. Elvis was 26 when Mm -hmm. he had his first game in the NHL. Like, so for him to come in at 22 and, you know, a lot of people think, you know, the all hockey players kind of have that same age range or things, not for goalies. Like goalies are much older when they enter the league. Um, And, yeah, like he did so well in his first two games. And I wish, you know, obviously I wish we could have gotten a a win for him, but like it's not far behind. And depending on, you know, how things go and how long Corpy's gonna be out with this new situation, like we're we're probably gonna get to see a little bit more of him. And it's it's much sooner than we thought we were going to be seeing him. So um but it was just really impressive. I hope he feels very, you know, proud of, of how he performed. And, you know, I, I just very much so look forward to seeing how he goes. And, you know, we're in a very blessed circumstance when it comes to goaltending. Um, there are plenty of other teams that don't have as solid goalie depth as we do. So um, that is a major positive. So, yeah. All three the same for both of us this week. Amazing. That is weird for us, I feel like. I feel like we usually don't go. We might have the same players, but I feel like they're never in the same order. So, Yes, that is a rarity. Speaking of new things in Nationwide Arena, there was Fun Dip there tonight. They were selling Fun Dip, and we didn't go and look for it. There was. I know we didn't. We were kind of in a rush to get inside tonight when we got there, and then we had other things happening during the intermissions, but... You know, congratulations to our friend Catherine and her whole team and just really turning this fun dip, you know, sensation into a real thing at games. I think it's just such a crazy and unique and beautiful thing that's so specific to the Blue Jackets and the fifth line. And to see it like in the arena is just makes it so much more real so big ups to them big ups to everyone that's been participating in the fun dip squad um you know we are definitely big proponents of it and we just love you know this atmosphere of positivity or game ritual that um is so unique to the league and you know i don't know of any other team that has a food-based tradition so um, but I also heard that they're doing um, fun dip shots now at our bar. So if you're interested in that version of fun dip, you can uh, head on down there before or after a game and get yourself a fun dip shot. But yeah, no, that was so exciting to see that there tonight and the return of Jewish Heritage Night. Um, it was such a beautiful little service that they did for Hanukkah and to have the rabbis there to perform the blessing and um, just another great example of like 
helping to show that, you know, the hockey community is much larger than we, we think it is in Columbus. And, um, you know, it's important to have those moments and stuff like that to recognize those individual parts of our community. So big night nationwide tonight. It was fun. And the little video, the new like reading of the out of our blue, we rise philosophy was really cool. Like Buster Douglas, Kirk Curve Street. Um, <laughs> I mean, hell, Nasher. all sorts of people. Yeah. Nasher. Um, oh, God. There, I had the list pulled up and I just like totally dropped the ball. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, stay tuned. Stay tuned. I was really passionate about this. <laughs> Oh my Imagine god! Very notable Columbus yes. celebrities. Well, J- yeah, Jason Day, Kirk Curve Street, um, uh, Lisa Chesson, uh, um, Art O'Call, Jackie Redman. So yeah, a lot of really good people. So that was like, <coughs> oh my god, that was exciting. Can y'all tell that I'm fighting something in my head? There's something happening. I'm always fighting something in my head, but I'm fighting something in my sinuses, and it is. Definitely shining through on this podcast. I'm sure I sound like, um, oh goodness, I don't even know what I sound like. A chipmunk? No, probably not a chipmunk, but. Not really, but. I just don't know. I've been hearing my, because like my my headphones also pull my mic sound and I'm like hearing myself and I'm like, oh my God, did you suck helium before this? <laughs> no. Well, I promise just... it sounds normal on my end, so. I'm just high on a Blue Jackets win, baby. That's all it is. Uh, speaking of Blue Jackets win, hopefully they do that on Tuesday. They're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. Did you see? <laughs> did you see Pierre Dubois like absolutely just like beating the shit out of Austin Matthews tonight? I did, and I know that I have complicated feelings towards both of those individuals, but I could not have been more excited to watch PLD just completely jump on Austin Matthews like a freaking spider monkey. Like he just but then it was unclear as to what provoked him, I guess. But he just took it upon himself to beat the crap out of Austin Matthews. And I am here for it. I dislike Austin Matthews greatly. I think your dislike of Austin Matthews might be misplaced, and I know we've talked about that before, but um, Austin Matthews then also got a roughing penalty, and I'm like, that's actually just insult to injury, because like, <laughs> Austin Matthews quite literally just like did nothing, and so like I really super didn't understand what was going on, but also PLD has 12 goals and 10 assists this season, so he has 22 points already this season, so like, woof. He does, yeah. But... But we are not playing the Jets on Tuesday. We already shut them out once this season. Um, we're playing the Maple Leafs. So that one will be interesting. Uh, it'll be the first time that the teams have played since the Jackets knocked them out of the bubble. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's And wild. thankfully, I mean, yeah, we don't have to see any of our former players that went there and then went other places. So that's a positive. That is true. They all also um, left. Yes. It was weird because when I was looking at like the um like the wins losses and overtimes, I was like, oh my god, the Leafs have played so many more games than we have. And then I'm like, you need to be better at math. Um 
Because it's really only like a three game difference. Like they've played 26 games and we've played 23 games. But it's just that their win column was like 17. And I was like, oh my God. They have played so many more games than we have. No, not true. No, they've just won so many more games than we have. They've just won so many more. But, you know, it'll be an interesting time. It is in Toronto. So. We know how we do on road games, um, but we not, need to really not great. we need to really adjust that because there's just a lot of road games. Forty-one here. Well, yes, forty-one in total. But in December alone, we have let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have seven more road games in yeah. December. So. We need to at least win some of them. Yeah, it's not a fun little stretch. Why do we once again... (laughs) This is so dumb. Why do we once again go out west and then end the West Coast road trip with a game in Buffalo? (laughs) What is going on? Why Why is that happening again? Because for some reason, I think someone finds it funny to be like, you know what would be great? Let's see what happens if we make them fly all the way across the country and then play Buffalo. Like Buffalo is like, like this will either go really, really well for Buffalo or be like just incredible for the Blue Jackets. (laughs) It'd just be like the last game where it was like, what, like seven to four and it's just like stupid. Yes. I like stupid hockey though. So I'm all on board. Yeah. So that's going to be a, um, a late, a late week. Well, we won't be able to watch the one game because we'll be at a wedding, but um No, tell Steve we're not going. <laughs> tell Steve we're piecing out at ten PM on his wedding night. We might be able to catch the end of that low key. That's true. We'll be like, sorry, bud. We've danced enough. We'll take some of your free booze back to the hotel. Oh um, my god. I'm gonna be a monster on Wednesday of that week. On Wednesday. Yeah, because the game is at 10. Oh, yeah. On Tuesday, so I'm like not gonna sleep. Yeah, it's just it's just gonna be a late it's gonna be a late one. And then of course we get the lovely um turn of events the week of Christmas where we play Buffalo just two times in a row. Can't once wait. in Buffalo and then once at home. So we deserve um, it. So yeah, there's just like a lot of exciting things happening, but so fingers crossed we go into Toronto, maybe get a road win. That would be nice. Or at or least a road point. Or a road a point. Road. I'd we love a road lost, point. We haven't lost a game in regu- or in overtime yet this season, so maybe that's the one we do it for the first time. You know, that would be nice. To take away something at least. They need at least a point out of that, I would say. Yeah. Because it's just going to be interesting. Because then, you know, to, we, we come immediately back home then um, to play Anaheim for the first time this season. And then onward to the brand new arena in Seattle at the end of this week. That's true. But we'll preview that for Thursday's episode. We don't want to give them too much, girl. No, we'll save that part. But, you know, just... Something to look forward to that we're gonna lose terribly. At least it'll be in like a really pretty new arena. 
Well, something else to look forward to is visiting all of our social medias and all of our everything. And I don't know anybody who's more equipped to talk about where they can do that than Miss Laura Norman herself. So, Laura, do you care to tell the people where they can find their people? I suppose. Um, no, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. Um, I know that we lectured Blue Jackets Twitter a little bit this evening, but we do love you. Just We need you to, like, tone it down several notches. Um, grass. Grass. Fresh air. Um, a joint. Be- I don't know. I don't know what y'all do, but, like... It's going to be warmer this week, so, like, go outside. But we love interacting with you, so please interact with us. Um, You can follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. You can check out our beautifully designed website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you're looking for some Christmas gifts or from gifts for yourself, from your favorite podcasters and want to show us a little holiday love, you can check out our merch store subjectively speaking dot threadless.com lots of fun cute designs on there um and hopefully eventually some new stuff soon we'll get there probably early in the new year at some point we'll see um, <laughs> and then lastly you can rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on again we don't know why it matters but if you're listening on apple podcasts Scroll on down, hit that five stars. Um, it helps us get notice in the hockey podcast charts. It helps more people be able to easily find our content. And it also helps to grow our little hockey family that we love so much. And, you know, we just want to thank all of you for the love and support. We appreciate you greatly. You couldn't have said it better if you tried, my friend. You're so good at that. You've done it. 81 times, even though this is episode 80, because episode 81 is in the void. Or episode <laughs> 80 is in the void. Sorry, Steven. We'll we try and it, yeah. resurrect some of it, because you were really good in it. We were kind of trash pandas, but, like, you were really good in it, Steven. And we appreciate I th- you. I thought we were all great, but nevertheless. Uh, until we get a chance to connect with y'all on Thursday, hopefully talking about a win over Can- oh, Canada? No, no, no. Canada's big, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Hopefully we can talk about a Blue Jackets win over Canada's biggest disappointment, the Toronto Maple Leafs. But until then, take care of yourselves, go touch some grass, and we'll see you soon. Bye.